You are now listening to a proud member of the Disney Podcast Family. Go to DizPodcastFamily.com to find more on this show and other great Disney podcasts. From the Talking Disney Studios in Cheyenne, Wyoming, Logan, Utah, and Las Vegas, Nevada, this is the Talking Disney Podcast. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And here are your hosts. I'm Jason. And I'm Cody. And I'm James. Welcome to episode 60 of the Talking Disney Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm here once again with my co-hosts, Cody and James. How's it going, guys? It's going good. How are you? Good, good. Cody. Uh, I am great. You are great. Wearing a great t-shirt or button-up shirt. No, it's just a t-shirt. Oh, is it a t-shirt? Just a t-shirt. Looks like you should be off vacationing somewhere. I wish you wish. Yeah. Me too. I have been missing Disneyland a lot this week. Yeah. This is, this is the week uh, Tyler and I would typically go in March Mm -hmm. that we had been doing uh, two or three years before COVID hit. And it would have been the week we had gone last year if it wasn't for COVID. So, yep. You know, so, yeah, this week I've been in a Disney mood. Bummed. You had yeah, Disney Disney fever. Disney, Disney fever. withdrawals. Yep. Well, if you lived in California, you could go soon, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. First, what, what have you guys been up to this week or last two weeks? We were. I'll I'll, I'll kind of start because we were going to record last weekend uh, our Ichabod and Mister Toad episode. Uh, but I had a little bit of a storm here in Cheyenne and the internet was not very reliable. We had 30 inches of snow dumped on us in a two day period, which set a record. Uh, last time it snowed that much, I think was 1979. So Uh, too much snow. If you've never seen what 30 inches of snow look like, hopefully you never do because it takes forever to shovel, takes forever to shovel out your driveway and your sidewalks and, um, you know what they say when you see that much snow outside, right? What's that? It's time to move. It's time to move. That's that's <laughs> probably a pretty good plan. We'll 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 consider it. But uh, and this city doesn't do a very good job of snow cleanup. I guess you could say they they got better as the week went on. But it snowed Saturday, Sunday. I decided Monday to go do my driveway. Uh, my work was canceled. All the City buildings, county buildings, federal buildings, schools, everything was closed. Matter of fact, the schools were closed all week. Wow. Uh, my building finally opened back up Thursday, so I didn't go to work Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Which what about is the banks? Uh, they didn't, Marsha didn't go back until Thursday. So once the city and county buildings opened back up, then everything else started kind of opening up. So, so I shoveled my driveway Monday in case I had to go to work Tuesday. It didn't happen Tuesday. I decided to shovel. They did uh, one lane down our street. They cleared the snow, uh, but there's still snow between my driveway and that one lane. So I had to shovel the street to get the car out. So I did that. And then they come Wednesday and decide, hey, we're going to give this neighborhood a second lane, which is cool and all. 
but the snow that they moved, they put it back into the place that I shoveled it the day before. <laughs> so I had to go back out on Wednesday and clear another path so our cars could get out. Um, and then today and yesterday, they kind of went around the downtown part of the city and were putting snow in the back of dump trucks and taking them out. I don't know where they're taking them, but to dump them. So the streets look pretty good now. Just Probably the sidewalks. Your driveway. Yeah, yeah. Our, well, our driveway's <laughs> good. Yeah. Dump it in your driveway. Yeah. So we'll see. The schools are supposed to be cleared this weekend so they can go back to school Monday. But every day we'd get the text, hey, no school tomorrow, no school tomorrow. So, I mean, I get that it's an unprecedented amount of snow, but I'm also surprised that it took three days, three weekdays. I guess it was still snowing on Sunday, but three days to clear things enough to where people could go to work. Yeah. It was just a lot of snow. And even though we're not a big city, I mean, we're only like 62, 63,000 people. It's just, if you're not ready for that, they, they get snow, but never like this. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah. a once in a 30 year, 40 year thing. So I don't know. It was pretty crazy. A few years ago when I was there, that was nothing. Were- that was child's play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was nuts. That was a light dusting compared to what we just got. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, our yard, I mean, I had, we had, we lined the side of the driveway. I mean, it it got so bad for, we didn't have place to put the snow. The kids just started throwing snow in the back of my truck. So they filled (laughs) up the back of my truck some more. um, Cause we didn't have nowhere to put it. So, but it's better now. We should, uh, we're, we're past the worst part of it and we can go on with our normal life. Is so. it starting to melt at this point? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's starting to melt. We're supposed to get some more snow Sunday though, but only like an inch. So it should be no big deal. Yeah. It's melting. Um, it was like in the forties, I think today. So it helped a little, um, but hopefully that never happens again. Luckily we didn't lose power. I had friends who lived out in the, you know, the County, that lost power for like 36, 48 hours. So, mm. uh, and then a guy that lives a little farther out West that he still can't get out. Um, he can get out the end of his driveway. He lives on like a farm ranch type thing, but they haven't come out to clear the snow out where, where he's at yet. So he's been stuck in his house all week, but that's what he gets for living out there. Yep. So, so how was your guys this week? Cody said nice and warm. I mean, for, for Logan, it's been warm. Yeah. We've been in the upper fifties. Uh, last couple of days has been low sixties, 60 to 64. So, and sunny. Yeah, so that's real nice for, we need, we need a couple of those days and the snow will be all gone. So, yeah, it's supposed to cool back down. We have a chance of snow on Monday, I think. And then next week's pretty much going to be in the mid to upper forties, but we got a nice little breath of fresh air and sunshine this week. Yeah. Yeah. The time you were here, James, when it snowed so bad, at least you still got to drive around and go places. You just couldn't leave the city because the freeway was closed. That's true. Yep. Yeah. We did. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten anywhere go here. Far, though. That, that first day that it snowed, I think we were pretty much stuck in the hotel. We couldn't leave. Yeah. You guys tried to leave, right? Go down the 25 and they closed it. Yeah. Didn't you, yep. didn't you try to make it out? Yeah. I th- yeah on one of the yeah like on the next day or something like that so yeah I don't know I just remember it was horrible we we're stuck in a hotel and nothing to do and yeah nothing I mean, there's to- nothing to do here anyway for you yeah 
All right. Well, you guys ready to talk some Disney news? Yeah. Because there's some big news that came out. We got something to talk about. Two days ago, I think it was. Tuesday. It was on Tuesday. So. Okay. Well, Disney Parks blog posted it on Wednesday. Oh. So. Then it was on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Okay. I thought maybe they just posted it a day later. No, they were the ones that broke it. Okay. So after being closed for more than a year, they say the magic is finally returning. Um, And if you listen to our last episode, I have predicted April 23rd as the day Disney would reopen once we found out California was changing the guidelines. But officially, they're going to reopen April 30th. So I was a week off, Um, which I think anybody could have probably guessed around that time period. So uh, because right now they've got the, the... touch of disney going on that ends the what 19th of april 18th or 19th uh, yeah something like that yeah and i figured to give them a couple days after that but about a week and a half after that ends where they could uh where they can uh get that closed down and they get the park ready to open uh there are going to be some things kind of like when walt disney world opened limited capacity social distancing got to wear your masks um and they are so, going to limit. Oh, go ahead. So what is the capacity? Because I think it's, is it 15% or are they waiting for it to get to 25? Um, well, by the time they open, unless something goes backwards, they'll definitely be at 15%. But a lot of people are saying that by the time April 30th rolls around, there's a very good chance that they could be in the next tier, tier which would probably. allow them to open up at 25%. At 25. Capacity. And yeah. then the, the, the next year after that only lets them go to 35%. And then there's no tears after that. So I'm assuming if, you know, I don't know if that's ever going to happen again, but where nobody has COVID, uh, because that's pretty (laughs) much how you get out of all those tears. But um, yeah. So yeah, April 30th, uh, the article just says limited capacity because they don't know what it's going to be like April 30th. Um, They are going to have a reservation system. Uh, similar to the Walt Disney World one, where you have to reserve the day you want to go and then also have a valid ticket to get in that day. Uh, they haven't announced any details on how that reservation system is going to work, but you can probably guess it's going to be similar to Walt Disney World's. Um, <clears throat> California residents only when the far- park first opened. That's based off the Boo. state. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that's based that's- off the state. State guidelines. Yeah, which um, is stupid. It is stupid. Stupid on the state. I can't really fault Disney for that, but. And it's like that for all the tiers. So. Yeah. So. So everybody outside of California can go to (laughs) Disneyland when COVID is gone. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't. And I'll bring this up now, but it it makes no sense because. Nope. Touch of Disney going on right now. They have people coming from all over the country. Yeah, so you can go to touch Disney. Yeah, and he's I'll from be Nevada. There in two weeks. Yeah. So you can go to downtown Disney. You can go yeah. to the Touch of Disney ticketed event, which you're inside of DCA. You're enjoying some <laughs> food. Walk. I'm going to be walking in the park. Right. Going down Paradise Pier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll be you, you have full access to the entire park as far as yes. walking about, other than Avengers Campus. Yep. Uh, which Avengers Campus. Was stated in the article will not open when the resort reopens. They will open that at a later date. Right. Even though, as far as I'm aware, it's finished. They're just waiting to unveil it. But yeah, you can't. I said this last time. You can't tell me that riding a ride 
is makes it different and that's what prevents out of state people from coming because what you can be from out of state and go into the world of Disney store yeah. 300 feet away from the park entrance. Well, come, yeah. come, come April 30th. If I want to go down to Anaheim and go to downtown Disney, I can. Yeah. Yep. I just can't go into Disneyland, which makes yeah. zero sense. Zero sense. So, I mean, and, and to be in all fairness, this isn't, Disney that's no. decided this they're yeah. complying with state regulations the current state regulations it, it it makes no sense that the California coronavirus task force or whoever's making these decisions has decided to put this in effect another stupid thing that doesn't make sense is that at this point in California you can do indoor dining anywhere in the state under right. a limited capacity but you can do it but for whatever reason, when the theme parks reopen, no indoor dining. Right. How does that make any sense? You could go across the street and sit inside, but because you're in the theme park, you can't sit inside. Yeah. It's crazy. Because the coronavirus lives in Disney restaurants. <laughs> and but rides. They, they do keep changing the tiers, so maybe they'll take out that stipulation before the 30th. I doubt it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they take it out within like two to three weeks, like yeah. give everybody in California a chance to yeah. feel special about going in there and, and being yeah, able to visit for two, three weeks. There's quite the a few on social is, media who think they're, they're special. already going to feel special because it says specifically in the article, the Disney parks blog article that they're going to do special soft openings for the local community. So I'm assuming right. that means if you live at least in orange County or the surrounding counties, yeah, you get to go in before April. 30th. I'm guessing though the members of the local community are going to be like, like, I don't, I don't know what you call them, civic leaders or you know important people from around. I mean, yeah, they're it's going to be, be it's going to be Governor Governor Newsom, <laughs> Governor Newsom and his and his family. That's that's all it is. They're trying to plan spring break. He's like, you know what? Let's open up the parks. <laughs> Let's let them open so we can go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what yeah, what Cody says here in the days leading up to the public opening, Disneyland Resort will invite cast members and members of the local community to be the first theme park guest after more than a year. So it just because I got so excited. I I keep forgetting about the whole California resident only things because I was joking around with James in our group chat. I was like, (laughs) get a hotel room now, James, book it now. And then it hit me, and you guys are both like, California residents only. Yeah, I had to ruin it for him. <laughs> so you will be able to, at first, you will be able to book reservations at the Ground California, Californian Hotel and Spa, which is going to reopen. No, no restriction on whether or not you live in state Yeah, to stay at the hotel. Yeah. James could stay at Paradise Pier or Grand Californian and then go to Tortilla Joe's for lunch the next day. Yeah, He just can't go into Disneyland. It makes... No sense. <laughs> so April 29th, that's going to open. May 2nd, the Disney Vacation Club Villas at Disney's Grand California Hotel and Spa are going to open. They say Paradise Pier Hotel and the Disneyland Hotel will reopen at a later date. So uh, I'm assuming once out-of-state residents can start coming <laughs> back in, they're going to open those two. Yeah. Um, so obviously it says the health and well-being of their guests and cast members remain their top priority. They're going to have enhanced safety and health measures. Operational changes will be in place at the theme parks. There aren't going to be any parades or shows. Uh, Any parades and nighttime spectaculars will return at a later date. 
and obviously everything is subject to change. Um, and they say Always. to visit Disneyland.com for the most current information. I mean, you can ask questions on Facebook if you want, but you're going to get 20 different answers. Uh, so <laughs> if you got questions, go to Disneyland.com. Or call. Uh, or call. Disney has a number. You can call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the little side note at the bottom, upon reopening certain parks, hotels, restaurants, attractions, experiences, and other offerings will be modified or unavailable. We'll have limited capacity and will be subject to limited availability or even closure and park admission and offerings are not guaranteed. So, yep. um, so things can change, but it is, I can't even imagine what the reservation system is going to be like when they open that up, even with it only being California residents. Yeah. And then yeah, when they do nuts. open it up to people out of state with the limited capacity, it's it's going to be nuts. You're going to have to spend all day on your computer and then still not be able to get anything. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Because I don't know if they'll just open up the calendar year and be like, here's the rest of the year. Pick what day you want. Or if they'll be like, okay, here's the first two months. We'll reevaluate and open up more calendar spaces or more time slots, however they're going to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, I don't know how if they're tracking the different things that they're doing now. I know that one of the times we were down there, we were trying to get a reservation for Carthay Circle, and we couldn't get one. A lot of people, had, it was already booked. But when we were there, they were starting to open it up, and, and the lady there was saying, yeah, a lot of people aren't showing up for their reservations. And as I'm seeing people do these different things, I'm seeing like the touch of Disney. People are buying tickets and then turn around and selling them on eBay for hundreds of dollars. And it's like, what are yeah. they what, what I don't know how they're monitoring this or what they're doing, but it seems just kind of goofy that there's all these weird people out there like trying to profit off of it. You know what I mean? Well, because typically you're like when you buy a theme park ticket, it, you know, they say like non-transferable and they, you know, it's attached to your, your name and then they take a picture of you and you first redeem it. Yeah. Um, Which is all of those are supposed to apply for the touch of Disney too, but yeah. it's weird how they did it because when we got our reservations, it didn't really ask for any particular information from us except for an email address. And I really don't know what would keep me from, I mean, it it says non-transferable, but I don't see anything that if I were to want to sell it to Cody right now for $200 a ticket uh, that I just forward him the email and he print out the tickets with the barcodes and, and attaches it to his app and goes, I, I don't see what keeps anybody from doing that right now. From what I've seen. Oh, go ahead, Cody. When you purchased them, I assume you were logged in. To your uh, Disney account? Actually, I wasn't. I wasn't at the time. When I tried, there's a lot of different things I've been trying recently, so I don't remember what the time before was that we were trying for, but we were trying for something else, and it prompted me to log into the account Mm -hmm. during the uh, reservation process. For this one, for Touch of Disney, it never prompted me to do that. Interesting. At least... And I might be mistaken too. Maybe I was logged in from the time before and just didn't realize that I was still logged in. I don't know. Are the tickets in your app right now? As if like, you know, when you buy an annual pass or even a park ticket, Mm -hmm. you have the, at least the option to log in. And then as soon as you purchase it, it'll show up in your tickets and passes section on the app. Yeah. So they don't show up in the app right now. They, the legacy passes that they call them for anyone that's, had annual pass holders, those have started showing up in the app. As of two weeks right. ago, everything disappeared from the app and there's no tickets. But in the last week or so, 
the legacy passes have started showing up because they're saying that you're going to have to start showing that in order to get your discount um, mm-hmm. for being a pass holder. So yeah. those have shown up, but no, the others haven't. As a matter of fact, I was looking in the app thinking of trying to find them. That's what made me start thinking, what is going on here? Because when I look back at the confirmation from the reservation that we got, um, I didn't realize there was an attachment to that. There's actually four attachments for the four tickets um, that just look like the tickets that you used to buy online that, you know, have a picture of Mickey on there and then there's a barcode. So I'm supposed to be able to uh, either print those out or bring them up on the computer screen and link them to my passes. But as of now, I don't know that they're They're not to my, yeah, to my account. So it seems like at this point, I think that's probably why people are doing them because at this point, unless you have already linked them to your account, they say non-transferable, but other than that, there's nothing stopping you from right. passing it on to somebody else. Yeah, as yeah. far as used. And as it, far, it makes far me, as, oh, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, as far as the process that I've heard people talk about on Facebook about how they're getting in, which they're saying takes a, quite a bit of time per person or per group, is yeah. they've taken their printed out email up to the gate, and then they, they scan them, and then they have to take pictures and then they're yeah. given they're given another ticket. They're given like a regular paper t- ticket like you used to. Yeah, yeah. And then they're also at the turnstile issuing a plastic food credit like right. gift card that's got the Touch of Disney logo and all that on it. And it says like food credit or, or, or whatever on it. And so they're issuing those at the turnstile. So you have to re- redeem your ticket voucher, get an actual ticket because I assume – you can go in and out throughout the event that day that you've purchased for. Once you have that ticket, you can go in and out, going to downtown Disney and come back in later. Which if you don't know if you can, just ask the cast member, right, Cody? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it's just it's funny to me though how they're doing the tickets. Cause like in the past when I've done like when I've got those uh, after dark tickets, the Sweetheart's mm-hmm. Night, or I had tickets for the, you know, the I haven't heard anything about refunds for the star Wars night from last year, but anyways, um, when I would do those, like I would buy those through the app, which seems like it's very convenient. Cause then they know who's buying the ticket, but I had to put down each person's name. And once I purchased them, those tickets were in my app, but everyone had a name on it. So I couldn't do anything with them. And I don't know why they would go backwards now. At least it seems to me like it's backwards. I'm sure they must have a really good reason that I am well, not especially even with thinking the of. extremely limited capacities. Yeah. Because when we did when you when you booked the reservations for Galaxy's Edge when it was under a reservation period, you had to give them everybody's name, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz that's why I was I was struggling that day because I didn't know if you were going to be able to make it and I didn't know if that was if I should put your name on or should I not put your name on and if I put your name on and you can't go is it going to mess up the rest of the reservation so there was all of those things going through my head but yeah I had to give everybody's name because I think I remember like watching people on YouTube people that originally were supposed to go and then couldn't go they had to see if they could get it transferred to somebody else and it was just kind of a big old mess and and maybe that's why they're like you know what it's just you buy your ticket and yeah. honor Maybe system, so. you know, they're just hoping people are just honest about it. And of course there's always going to be a select number that aren't, but yeah. Selling their tickets on eBay. Yeah, I did see that with the whole touch of Disney, since we were kind of talking about that at the moment, they're doing some really cool things. Um, Cause I've seen some YouTube videos about the first day and the cast preview and stuff. Um, 
all of your food for the booths and things are all mobile order. Um, mm-hmm. You have to order through the app and then all the booths are pickup only. There's no kiosks. There's no registers or anything at the booth. They're just pickup windows. Right. Um, and then if you want to like, if you wanted to pay in cash or whatever and didn't want to use a debit or a credit card, they do have like kiosks set up with a cast member away from the booths where you can give them cash and they will put that amount of money on the dining credit card that they give you at the turnstile. And then you can, and then that's linked with your app so that you can purchase all of your food through the app. So I thought that was kind of cool. I also saw that for people that had issues getting reservations to lamplight lounge, if you get there early in the day, they have a, a QR code set up outside of lamplight lounge where you can go and put your name in virtually on a wait list if you get there early enough. And if yeah. they have, if they can accommodate you for people not showing up or, or what have you, they, uh, they'll notify you through the app that they can seat you. So I thought that was nice. Yeah. I'll be heading straight there. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get those reservations. That was frustrating. <laughs> I did see, and it was on day one. So I don't know if they'll change, but on day one, they were only seating people in that upper area of what was formerly the Cove bar, but they weren't seating anybody outside downstairs at all by the water. They were only doing the upstairs part. You know, in all the times that I've been to to Disneyland and to California Adventure, I've never eaten there. I've never been in there. Me. The either. last time, two years ago when Tyler and I went, the last time we went for our spring vacation, the time before Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. two months before Galaxy's Edge when Tyler and I went, just the two of us, we tr- we decided to go to Lamplight because um, we wanted to try those lobster nachos that everyone's always talking about online. How were they? Yeah. Really good. Dang it. I was hoping really you'd tell good. me they're horrible. <laughs> really good. Jason, they, you've never been in there either? Never been in no? there. Nope. Never. It's worth it. And they have a bunch of cool beverages, uh, like non-alcoholic as well. And so that are cool and like crafted. And right. um, so whether you drink alcohol or, or not for the people that are listening, um, it, I, I'd say it's definitely worth going. So I've never been into yeah. the Carthay Circle restaurant either. I yeah. have not been in there. Every time I've gone, I've looked at the menu, and at that at that time, they really didn't have anything that sounded good. So I was like, "You got we'll go to try. Steakhouse 55. You, you can find something on there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we'll try. It's good. We'll try it next I, time. Once I'm done, boy, boycotting I, Disney. I, <laughs> I do have reservations for Carthay Circle though for the day that we're there. Okay, good for Touch of good. Disney. So oh, we'll sorry. be eating there for sure. I'm excited right. for you. It looked it looked like a good time. Everybody I saw that was there on YouTube was was just so happy to be back and be able to go beyond the, you know, Buena Vista street experience that you've, you've had before. Um, hear the music, see the sights, you know, I'm, I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to run right to Pixar pier and just jump in the water. (laughs) And then you'll never get to go back. (laughs) (laughs) They kick me out. (laughs) going to jump in and start yelling i'm back i'm back (laughs) so uh moving on unless you guys had something else to talk about the opening nope nope i saw somebody on facebook somebody posted a video of uh, they were doing like a live stream of their touch of disney right walking around and somebody comments are there no rides running right now (laughs) 
were they, I was like, oh, uh, where have you been? Were they at t- Touch of Disney or were they at Taste of Disney? <laughs> <laughs> it, it should be Taste because, you know, high touch points are a big no-no right yeah. now with the coronavirus. They're so letting you walk around. Disney. They're letting you walk around getting a little touch of Disney. Not yeah. the whole touch, just a little touch. So, and then the next thing I saw today actually came out on Disney Parks blog. Um, we heard a couple months ago that they were going to be altering the Jungle Cruise a little bit at uh, Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom Park. Um, they still haven't given a uh, date on when it's going to be open, but they did share a little more details. They're going to add a little more humor, some more wildlife, and they're actually adding a character into the storyline. Uh, so let me see. Let me read along here. They're going to include several new scenes that you'll experience through the river. Uh, obviously, it says the skippers will continue to share their unique adventures and interactions with the guests. The new scenes will heighten the skippers' legendary comedic tone. Um, it says beginning with a trapped safari party that finds itself up a tree. So instead of the natives being up the tree, it's going to be a safari party. Um, there's going to be some unexpected scenarios along the way that will give the jungle and animals the last laugh. And then they're introducing a new character. Her name is Alberta Falls. She's the granddaughter of world-renowned Dr. Albert Falls. Um, <laughs> and so they've got a little, if you want to check out the Disney Parks blog, click on the story. They've got a, uh, a interview that they found with her from an uncovered copy of the Daily News spelled G-N-U-S, uh, and it's a conversation with Alberta Falls. It gives you a little bit of her backstory. But it says stay tuned for more details coming later this year. So uh, I don't – it won't be open when Disney – or these changes won't be done when Disneyland opens April 30th, but look for it later this year. Very uh, cool. So uh, as long as they don't – I mean, although Cody does – Cody. Cody disagrees. I'm, I'm kind of excited for the movie, the jungle cruise, but I don't want to see an animatronic of the rock in the ride. So <laughs> he's going to replace uh, trader Sam at the end of the ride. Yeah, There's rumors on Facebook that this Alberta falls is going to replace him at the end. So, yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't mind that they're adding another thing in there. I don't think it's going to, lessen the experience no. i don't know if it's going to add anything for me personally it'd just be something new which is nice um but uh, two heads for one of yours i mean it's just you can't get rid it's of classic it's classic <laughs> yep all right next thing i saw i sent a link to you guys a couple weeks ago when i first heard about it Walt disney imagineering and d23 is celebrating 20 years of disney california adventure uh they've combined to come up with this 90 minutes uh i guess show uh featuring some walt disney imagineers from the past that have been involved with the park it's hosted by leslie iwerks which was the imagineering story creator um and she starts out with walt disney imagineering's president bob weiss and where they revisit the park's origins um, starting as she says, starting as Disneyland's humble parking lot through opening day and its earliest editions. So over the next 90 minutes, guests will enjoy hearing about two decades of growth, an expansion from Cars Land, World of Color, Buena Vista Street to Pixar Pier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, and the upcoming Avengers Campus, uh, where they'll highlight the new attraction Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure. 
Uh, but it's got a, a host of names that are going to be doing interviews. And um, it is $10, though, if you want to watch it and you're not a D23 gold member. If you're just a general member, it's 10 bucks. If you are a gold member, there's a place you can register on the site. They'll send you, a, I think, a link with a code on it. Um, but it's it started March 10th, and it only runs through March 26th. So one more week. Uh, where you get a chance to view it. So I'm going to try to watch it this weekend. I've got my code ready to go. So nice. Uh, check it out before it is gone. And the last bit of news items, uh, a couple of days ago, actually it was last week. So we could have talked about it last week, but we didn't record. Disney's kicking off a spring egg extravaganza at downtown Disney. I guess they hide some eggs around and uh, I've never been, I've never been there when they've done anything like this. It's a scavenger. I would hunt. say they use the word hide loosely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a egg thing. <laughs> <laughs> egg, egg thing scavenger hunt. <laughs> that, that reminds me, if you don't mind me interrupting yeah, yeah, for yeah, a second. <laughs> that, oh yeah. Where's my, uh, where's I, James hand? has something to say. There you go. Go ahead. Um, that reminds me of a time we were, we we're down there for Easter. We were staying at the, uh, the Grand Californian, actually. And they had an Easter egg hunt for Easter. We were down there with Tyler and Brianna. And this was, pro- I I don't know, they were probably, Tyler was probably 13, 14, 12, somewhere in there. Anyways, they had an Easter egg hunt. It's just funny that Cody says they use the term hide close or, or loosely because they had this Easter egg hunt. And basically we went out to the lawn, or not to the lawn, but to the, the grass out there around the, uh, by the Disneyland hotel and they just had eggs just all over the grass. So there was like nothing was in it. There was just eggs all over. They gave all the kids a carton and they just had to go out there and fill their carton and then, and then walk out. Wow. So it's just, <laughs> as you said that, it just, that memory popped in my head. I just remember thinking, all right, an Easter egg hunt, let's go see what this is all about. And we go out there and there's just eggs sitting there on the grass. And that, that was it. That was their, that was their hunt. <laughs> so this one's a little different. It says, pick up your game board and stickers. You have to pay seven ninety nine plus tax at select merchandise locations, uh, then let the hunt begin. You search for special hidden eggs, according to Cody, loosely, use the word loosely, (laughs) themed to Disney characters. Then you record your discoveries by placing the corresponding sticker on the themed egg extravaganza game board. Whether you choose to hunt for the eggs or not, return your game board to the world of Disney or Disney's pin traders to collect a special prize, one of six collectible eggs. And they, yeah. they show six here. It's got Chippendale, Mickey, Minnie, and Donald and Daisy. So so basically you just get a pin that matches what the egg looks like. Yeah, you don't actually collect it. Do so. you Have you guys been down there when they've done this before? Have you done it before? Never, no. No, I've never been there uh, close enough to Easter because they only run it for yeah. uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, it's not very long. This one's running from there. March 15th to April 18th, so just over a month. Okay, yeah. yeah. We've we've done it a couple times down there when they've yeah. done it actually in the parks when they're open so it's yeah. pretty it's fun to walk around and find them and then you get you know a couple things at the end so right yeah. right all right well that's all the Disney news I got you guys got anything last minute before we move on to our main topic I I think I might have found a, a way to get into Club Thirty Three that's kind of oh, Disneyland okay. related but right. uh, let's stop uh, recording so we don't. <laughs> Yeah, let's share so that one after. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to give away the secret. It's going to be limited capacity, James. We can't tell well, our well, I mean, followers. I, I, 
obviously it's obviously it's not happening until the parks open and and club 33 opens but i think i found an inn and once they get up and running i'll have to report to you guys how it was (laughs) come on now james you can't do me dirty like that, James. <laughs> so, on a side note, on a side you note, bring me, you bring me, you fly me down. Hey, hey I'll tell you, you ride the Millennium Falcon, but you won't come to D, to Club Thirty Three with you. I'll, I'll tell you what, I've got a couple, I got a couple different options for this thing. I have no idea how many, if I can get multiple people in, if it's going to be just me and Teresa. I will tell you, Cody, that you 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 are on the list of people <laughs> that I'm going to be calling if I if I need to figure out how to get some extra people or if I can figure out how to get some extra people in there. So I, I will tell okay. you, Cody, you okay. are on the list. <laughs> uh, I, I will appreciate and thank you for so putting on a, me on the short list. So on a side note, we may be looking for a third co-host. <laughs> Are you guys going to kick me off? <laughs> if I go, you kick me off. Remember, Jason, you're boycotting Disney. Remember? So you can go. That's true. That's true. I'm boycotting Disney. Holy grail of Disney places to be. So, you know, Walt Disney no World's idea. my new home park. Yeah. I have no idea if it'll pan out or not, but it seems like there's a pretty good chance right now that it's going to happen. So cool. Cool. We'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> I, mean, I need to move closer to California. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm learning. I've moved too far away. Too far away. Too far away. All right. Well, that's all the Disney news we got. We'll move on to our main topic, which uh, hopefully you've been listening since November or so. Um, oh, before we get into that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Did you ever watch Raya and the Last Dragon? Did you no. pay for it? No, I'm going to wait till it comes out, I believe, June 4th. Something like that. I think it's yeah. June. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna wait. Okay. It's coming out on like um you can buy digital. it digital and all that before that. Uh um, yeah. I think in May. I think maybe so. April. But I don't know. Yeah, I saw a commercial for it that day, but I'm gonna wait until uh until June fourth. So Okay. I was just you mentioned the possibility, so I was just wondering yeah. if you had done so. Yeah, no, I'm gonna wait. I am okay. gonna wait. So all right. And then we'll talk about it. A little, and then we'll talk about it at the very end of our, uh, of our, what do you call it? Adventure on watching every Walt Disney animated feature film. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to talk about the latest one. If you haven't been following us, where we started at Snow White, we're going to go all the way through the, through the catalog of feature films put out by Walt Disney. Uh, and we are on this week, the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Join in the merry mad adventures and escapades of that rich, reckless, uproarious rake. The magnificent Mr. Toad and his crazy cronies, Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole. 
as they step out of the pages of Kenneth Graham's hilarious tale, The Wind in the Willows, as told by that inimitable storyteller, Basil Rathbone. For a rollicking ride through Sleepy Hollow, Walt and Bing bring to laughable, colorful light Washington Irving's exciting legend with that awkward schoolmaster, Ichabod Crane. Ichabod, maybe Crane, maybe Arden, maybe he ain't. Anyway, there's no complaint from Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Ichabod Crane, daring, reckless, losing his heart to Katrina the cutie. And his head when pursued by the hair-raising headless horseman. <laughs> Sing it, Cody. Sing it. Ichabod. Ichabod Crane. <laughs> it's like being on a podcast with Bing Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Let's go through some, some details on it. It was released on October 5th, 1949. Uh, produced by Walt Disney Productions and released by RKO Radio Pictures. It was the 11th animated feature film. And the Disney catalog consisted of two segments. The first based on a 1908 children's novel, The Wind in the Willows by British author Kenneth Graham. And the second based on the 1820 short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by American author Washington Irving. It is 68 minutes in length. Uh, it is the film. It is the, this film is Disney's last of the studio's packaged film era of the 1940s. Following Saludos Amigos, The Three Caballeros. See, I messed it up again. Make Mine Music, Fun and Fancy Free, and Melody Time. Disney would not produce another package film until 1977. Do you guys want to take a guess on what that package film was? It's 1977? Yeah. It does fall into the list of Disney animated feature films. Um, I don't know. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh. Was actually considered a package film. So we'll get to that okay. one in a couple months. Um, so that is. That would probably be my favorite package film. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. That is the, the few details of uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. What are you guys' thoughts on the movies? Who wants to go first or on the movie? I'll go first. All right. I liked it. <laughs> he liked it. Mikey I've always liked this it. movie. I, I know in some of these other package films I talk about, I don't like how the different segments are put together and, and this and that. But this particular film, I must have watched a lot when I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> I like the story of the Headless Horseman. Uh, it's one of my uh, more favorite stories. The Wind in the Willows the, with Toad. Uh, I love the ride at Disneyland. It's 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 one of the fun rides there in Fantasyland. Um, so I've always liked this this movie. I've always enjoyed it. Um, and as I watched it again, uh, you know, last week, I I just solidified the fact that I like this movie. I think it's a good movie. All right, Cody. Um, I also 
enjoyed this movie. Uh, I enjoyed this movie. This is only the second time I've ever seen this movie. The first time was when we reviewed this movie, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Yeah, I want to say it was episode 20 or 22. I looked it up the other day. Um, yeah. It was 20, I, 22. Yeah, I went okay. back and listened to that episode to see what my thoughts and reactions were back then compared to now after uh, enduring through the other package films of this era. <laughs> And I will gladly say that this is the best package film in this era. Okay. Um, I will say that 68 minutes was the perfect length. <laughs> Two segments. Perfect amount of segments. If you're going to have a movie with multiple segments uh, and completely two different stories and put it in the same, two is all you need. You don't need more than two. No. Um I enjoyed both segments thoroughly. Uh, they were both entertaining. Uh, yeah, you know, I I was not harsh, I don't believe, uh, in my review the first time around a year and a half ago because I, I re-listened to it and I generally liked it the first time around too, um, but I was very confused about the style in which it was put together. And we talked about that, you know, it being a package film war era and all that talked about it the last time we talked about this film. Um, but now after watching all the other ones that led up to this one, um, it just, I think it made me appreciate this one so much more the second time around after viewing the other ones so recently. And so, I mean, I think Toad is my favorite. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is probably one of my favorite uh, Fantasyland attractions. And I've always liked that one for some reason, even like way before ever seeing the movie. Um, I always thought it was interesting after watching the movie that they decided that this, that that Toad segment, that 30 something minute segment that there was enough there to be like, Hey, let's make an attraction in Disneyland about yeah. this. But it warrant out of all the other things in the Disney catalog at, at the time that they said, we let's do Mr. Toad. So I thought that was interesting. I, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in that meeting room when they were trying to decide what attractions to put uh, in fantasy land and, and things like that. So I'm assuming at the time in the sixties that it must've been, well-known enough that they felt people would identify and recognize that character. But yeah, I, I liked it. I liked Mr. Toad. I liked the Mr. Crane, uh, Ichabod Crane uh, segment more this time around than I think I did the first time around. Cause I think the first time around, I was just kind of excited to watch it purely for Toad because I had never seen it before. And I liked the, the ride so much, but this time I, put more investment into the Ichabod crane portion. And I liked it through and through. I liked this movie. Yeah. Originally, which I was going to bring this up later. Originally, this was going to be a full, a full feature film. Maybe that played into his decision to make a ride later. Um, Maybe it was going to be a full feature, but when they decided to reduce it as part of a package film, they, they, they did cut out a couple scenes that they were planning, which those scenes were never animated. So there is no, no, no proof of them. I, I do like this movie. It is one of my favorite package films. Um, and I can tell you 
I think it's because of the two segments. If you look at my ratings for all the package films, my two highest rating ones are this one and fun and fancy free, which they share the fact that they were only two segments long. Um, you know, 68 minutes, like, like Cody said, perfect length, you know, about 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes per, per segment. Um, which I think helped with, with it being, you know, one of my highest rated package films. Um, let's see some fun facts I was going to share. The narrators of the film, um, were Bing Crosby and Basil Rathbone. They were cast to increase the audience appeal at the time. Uh, Crosby was one of the most commercially successful singers from the 1930s to the fifties and acted in several films and had already won an Oscar. Uh, Basil Rathbone was better known as the star of the film series about Sherlock Holmes with 14 films released between 1939 and 1946. Um, Thurl Ravenscroft was originally going to sing the Headless Horseman song. Um, and you can actually hear a version of that song on the Walt Disney Record Archive Collection, Volume 1. Um, see some other things. The original title for this movie was going to be Two Fabulous Characters. Um, it got changed to Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Um, the stories really aren't related at all. Um, the only, the only way th this says the only way that they're really re related is the characters are prone to disaster. So Toad with his, uh, infatuation with technology and getting in trouble and, um, Ichabod with, uh, his dealings with the headless horseman. Um, let's see what else to save money on the, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you a quick question. I, yeah. I read that there was a, uh, cause I think you're the only one that's been to Disneyland Paris, right? Cody, you haven't been there yet. <laughs> so I've heard there's a restaurant there called Toad Hall that mm -hmm. resembles Toad Hall from the movie. Yep. So I was just wondering if you happened to go in there while you were there. I, w I went in there, but I don't remember eating in there. I think I went in just to see what it's like. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember eating there. Uh, gotcha. I remember eating at a Ratatouille themed restaurant. Cause there was parts where the little mouse would pop up and would sing and dance and do all kinds of stuff. But <laughs> I don't cool. remember. Yeah. I don't remember eating at, at a, at a toad themed restaurant. Uh, right. Gotcha. But that was shoot. I just had, I just had Facebook memories pop up and that was what 2010. So over 10 years ago, doesn't yeah. seem like that long, but, um, so see, to save money on animation, Katrina was modeled closely after Grace Martin from the Make My Music film, and she resembled Slewfoot Sue from the Pecos Bill segment of Melody Time, which if you watch any Disney films, you can tell some or quite a bit of animation is used from film to film rather than re, re, reinventing the wheel. And if you look up on YouTube, uh, Google, or put in some type of search, reuse Disney animation, and you'll see a bunch of examples. Oh, which, yeah. I don't, which I don't mind. Uh, people get upset about, but who cares? Um, <laughs> let's see. I was trying to think. Oh, yeah. Once Disney decided that the Wind and the Willows adaptation would be part of a package film, they still decide which film it was going to be packaged with. Uh, an early plan was to combine it with Mickey and the Beanstalk and a movie called The Gremlins. And I think at that point, they were actually going to call it Three Fabulous Characters. Um, however, the Gremlin project never materialized and the Mickey project was ready for release before the wind in the willows. So I was decided to combine it with the legend of sleepy hollow. Um, well, I think they made the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, the Headless Horseman <clears throat> is one of the few Disney villains to win. Um, it says, on the other hand, the ending leaves it up to the viewer to decide whether or not Crane escaped the demonic pursuer. Uh, I think we talked about that in the first, the, when we talked about it in uh, that first time. I think we we made, like we tried to speculate what happened to him, if I remember right. I didn't, I didn't listen, I didn't re-listen to the episode, so. Um, and that's all I got on some fun facts from Ichabod and Mr. Cho. I really, yeah, I, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. Um, it's cool to watch it around Halloween, especially the, the Ichabod yep. crane, uh, portion. Um, I don't know if they do it every year, but I know, well, not last year, but the year before when we went to California adventure, they had the headless horseman there where they have the Christmas tree. I don't know if they do that every year or not. Probably. Um, Obviously, they, they had a statue. They didn't do it this year. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if they do it. I've never got to see that, so um, that would be cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I did want to share uh, from my Disney Films book something uh, Leonard Malton said about it. Uh, so let me pull that up real quick. Uh, let's see. It says, together, these these sequences, talking about the two shorts, form a most engaging feature with, as the saying goes, something for everyone. The half-hour length seems ideal for each of the stories with neither a feeling of abruptness nor a hint of padding to reach that length. And somehow the two tales seem to complement each other quite well, providing an interesting contrast, notable in style and execution and more obviously in the change of the narrator. Uh, so he he had some good 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 things to say about the movie. Right. Um, I was gonna look up some uh, some we'll call them experts. Um, some of their um, thoughts on the movie on Internet Movie Database, and I just got to pull it up here. And then after we share those, we could talk about our rankings. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, We'll see how we rank the movies compared to the others and where it falls in with the the other 10 that we've got to watch. So let's see. On Internet Movie Database, it's got a meta score of 74. Only five critic reviews are provided. Uh, TV Guide Magazine says split into two sequences. This feature-length cartoon is one of Disney's finest efforts with attention paid to every animated detail. Now I'm assuming these um, reviews came out around the time that the, the film was made and put into theaters. Cause I don't know if you would say it's one of Disney's finest efforts. If you were talking about it today, <laughs> um, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, the New York times only gave it a 70. The credits outweigh the debits and Mr. Disney has included enough elements of entertainment to make his newest film package a solid entertainment. That sounds like it came out around the time that the movie uh, was released. Time Magazine gave it a 50. They didn't like it very much. Wow. An uneven doubleheader by Walt Disney, who has combined into one film, two dissimilar literary classics, Washington Irving's Legend Sleepy Hollow and Kenneth Graham's The Wind in the Willows. The contrast in the handling of the two unrelated stories 
neatly illustrates some of Disney's outstanding vices and virtues. So I, I don't, I don't know how to take that one, but they weren't a fan of package films. Either. I guess not. I guess not. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's some of their reviews, but what do they know? So what do they know? But we know a lot. So let's talk about our ratings. Unless you guys got anything else to share about the the film? I don't think so. Okay. Let's get into our ratings. Uh, let me pull up my rating sheet to see what I gave it. Yep, there it is. All right. Do you want me to go first? Sure. I don't think I've gone first in a couple episodes. So, uh, so like I said, uh, my probably my favorite of the wartime package film airs. Uh, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh might be rated higher. Uh, we'll see when we get there. Um, I like the, the, the only two segments. Um, I like the length. Um, the songs were good. I like Bing Crosby as the narrator. Um, so I gave it a 70, wow. 70, a 70. James seems slightly offended. No, I don't. (laughs) 70. Highest of the package films. Yep. So highest for me anyways. So who's who's next? next? Cody? Me? Me? James. Go James. Okay. So using my rating system. (laughs) Your your five-tier rating system or something like that? That's right. I really, I like this movie. Um, I think the fact that there's still a ride at Disneyland based on the movie is, is says something. Um, I think the, I think there was a, a ride at Disney world at opening for Mr. Toad also, but I think they took it they out. Closed down. There was quite a bit of a, uh, uh, backlash for that. Yeah. Right? Backlash. That's the word I was, yeah. th- I was coming, I was yeah. trying to come up with a word, but yeah, backlash when they took that out. Yeah. So, so uh, I think the songs are great. Um, you know, so I gave it an 85. All right. That's my rating. <laughs> and I'm looking oh. at it compared to some of the others, and I'm like, is that right? But I go through my, my tier system, and, and then I look at the other ones, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that, That's right. that actually makes sense for me, for the way for how I like this movie. Because at first I thought, well, maybe I need to take it down a couple points, but then I see, like, Dumbo, I have it 84, and I'm like, yeah, I, I would rather watch this than Dumbo. I mean, it's just by one point, but I like this movie better than Dumbo. And you kind of so. you kind of grew up with the movie, right? Didn't you say you used to watch it yeah. as a kid? So Yeah, I, th- I think I watched it a lot as a kid. And, I'm sure and, that uh, has to play into it. So Yeah, and The Headless Horseman, I think, just kind of probably scared me a little as a kid, you know, so it's kind of one of those things that you see it, and, and, and as you grow up and you, it, it, you know, yeah. It's just something that 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 I used to watch a lot, so I really yeah. enjoy it. All right, Cody. Um, Remember you said you weren't too harsh. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Cody's thinking, maybe I was a little harsher than I thought. <laughs> no, uh, I've been tossing around a few different scores – um, do you remember what we gave it in the last one, Cody? Cause we did like we a, were u- we were using your stupid five, five Mickey head. Yeah. System. That's great system. <laughs> so on a five Mickey scale, a 70 would be what a three and a half about. Cause 80 would be four. Yeah. It'd be yeah I don't, I didn't get to that part in the episode. 
okay. uh, of what I rated it in your five point scale. But um, I I like this movie, um, and it's up there for me. It's not my highest. It's not my lowest. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where to place it. I keep going back and forth. Um, I've been going with the, the number that just feels natural to me with all of this. And so I'm, I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to continue to do that because that's do what it. I've been doing. It's, it's uh, been working. Don't it's fight been it. working. So um, the number that felt right to me uh, was an 80. All right. Wow. So I was the lowest. Which is surprising. Yeah. I, I'm surprised by that rating. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So we got an um, average. I, oh, yeah, I enjoyed this. So so out of 11 films, that is our fourth highest ranking right now. Combined, our average. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Falls in between Snow White and Bambi. Um, fairly close in the, the ratings. We only had a 15-point difference between the mm-hmm. lowest and the highest. Um, so interesting, interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how the scores start going now. Cause now we start getting into some, right. Some, some great movies. Speaking of that. Yeah. So this is our last wartime era. Hallelujah. Yeah. Going out with uh, a bang. Yeah. Yeah. Highest score <laughs> yes. going out with a bang. <laughs> Maybe that affected all of our scores. The fact that we know that we're done with them now. <laughs> it's like, Give this one a, 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 a blue ribbon and let's move on. Let's move on. So <laughs> so we've gone through the Golden Age, which was Snow White through Bambi. We've made it through the wartime era. And the next era, we start the Silver Age, which is the movies released from 1950 to 1959, which includes some some great films, Some uh, what you think of some classic Disney stuff. You got Cinderella. You got Alice in Wonderland. You got Peter Pan. You got Lady and the Tramp. You got Sleeping Beauty. You got 101 Dalmatians, The Sword in the Stone, and The Jungle Book. Those uh, are all classics. So those are those are yes. our next eight movies that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the one I'm actually looking forward to seeing the most is The Sword in the Stone because I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. Um, I've was, seen the other one ones more recent. Sword in the Stone was one of my favorites growing up too. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've actually seen that one. I, I've seen clips here and there, but I don't think I've actually sat down and watched it. Well, you yeah. might be in for a treat. So, because if I remember right, I really enjoyed that one, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, Cody, have you got a chance? I was saying we still had a dash through Make My Music. Have you got a chance to see that since our last recording? No. I, no. Okay. I, I think I'm supposed to be helping him watch that. And I have not helped him watch that. yet. Okay. All right. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that was part of it. So no, I have not watched okay. it, but so, I don't blame James. Once you do, then I can update that score. Um, yes. When, once I watch it, I will make sure my score is known. Okay. Okay. And then uh, I had mentioned last week, I shared some of my sister's ratings and she sent me the rest of them. So she's caught up with us now. Um, so she gave the, I think her last one, she saw Saludos Amigos, and I, I talked about that one. The Three Caballeros, she gave it a 45, which is just one point above our average. Uh, mm-hmm. We gave it, we had an average of 44. Make My Music, she gave a 50. 
Um, so she was a little below our average, but not too far off. Uh, Fun and Fancy Freeze, she gave a 54, uh, which is fairly close to our average. Uh, Melody Time, she gave it a 52, which is just right Pretty, above our average. Yeah. And then uh, she was a little lower on The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad than we were. She gave it a 49. Um, so she was not as much of a fan, which that was, yeah, she had that one in the middle. Her highest rated uh, wartime era film was uh, Fun and Fancy Free. Maybe uh, she was in a bad mood when she watched it. Maybe. She might have been. Maybe she needs to go watch it again. <laughs> yeah. We won't hold it against her. No, not at all. So Amber, when you're listening to this, you need to watch Ichabod again. And uh, so maybe maybe we wait and let her re-rate it closer to Halloween. <laughs> there you go. Halloween or Christmas. There you go. Because in the Mr. Toad post yeah. portion, it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just watch it in November. That way, you're right in the middle. There you go. There you go. So she. Why is Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but Mr. Toad comes first? I just because Ichabod and Mr. Toad flows better than uh, Mr. Toad. Let's and see Ichabod. the Adventures of Mr. Toad and Ichabod Crane. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. yeah, I maybe it flowed better. Um, I don't know. Maybe they wanted to save Bing Crosby for last. I don't know. Just saying Who the knows? title makes it seem like you're going to get Ichabod for it. It's false advertising. It is. It, it is. does. It yeah. does. And I thought about that if, the first time I watched it. I was like, hey, why is this one first? I thought it was yeah. The Adventures of Ichabod. I so. mean, the title makes sense. Like you said, the one one is more related to Halloween. The other is more to Christmas. So they should go in that order. So why yeah. did they reverse them? Yeah. What did they do? I don't they know what they're doing. They didn't think this through very well. No, no. So next episode, excited to watch um, Cinderella. That's our next one. You guys I'm got already any? singing the songs. I'm already <laughs> singing the songs in my head. That's why he went quiet. He was singing. Yep, that's <laughs> right. What are you so, any last minute things about the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Um, I don't think so. All right. I am. Was, uh, was there a disclaimer before this one? I don't remember. About what? I don't, on Disney Plus about. Mm. The times depicted at this were, you know, times were different. I think I don't remember I feel like they've got that on every film. Yeah. I was yeah. just thinking, cause I don't remember seeing it, but then there, you know, there's people are shooting at each other. And so I was just wondering, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I'll have to remember. go watch it again. Yeah. I don't remember if there was or not. And I don't think I have enough time to actually try to pull it up to watch it. Yeah. No, um, we'll find out for another time. I was just thinking. Yeah. When we know. review it for the third time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because we got to watch it around <laughs> Halloween again. That's right. <laughs> All right. So good film. Can't wait for the next one. Um, no last minute uh, alibis for you guys on the movie? Nope. All right. Well, I think that's. Oh, oh whoa. No, we, we, we can't. We can't wrap it up yet. We got to do a Disney A to Z. Yeah, oh. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cody, oh, you get to pick. not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's well, do. I did actually think about it about five minutes ago, yeah. but I had Teacher, forgotten about it again. <laughs> you forgot to assign us homework. <laughs> yeah, that was James. In He's school. that guy, huh? It <laughs> gets a Friday afternoon. Hey, weren't you going to give us a test before we go home yeah. today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll do our Disney A to Z. All right. This is the Disney A to Z random entry. 
Yeah. So if you're not familiar with what we do for our Disney A to Z, uh, one of my favorite Disney um, topic books is a, a, a book called Disney A to Z, the official encyclopedia by Dave Smith. Uh, he's He put out five of these before they started putting it on the D23 website. So you can go to D23, look for A to Z. And it's basically just an encyclopedia, everything Disney. Um, so one of my favorite books, like I said, I have all five editions. Um, and I every now and then I'll, I'll jump on a D23 if I'm researching something, which I, I looked on there today for something um, that uh, maybe I'll talk about next episode on this little project that I'm doing. So um, very, very, very cool book. And I, the random thing is we, uh, we uh, spin our little wheel, we get a page number, and then I let one of the, it used to be Cody when it was just me and Cody. Now it's me, Cody, and James. Last episode, Cody or uh, James selected a um, a number based on however many entries there were on that page, and then I share the the random entry. So we'll go ahead and uh, spin the wheel now. All right, looks like it landed on page 466. Let me turn the book here to page 466, and it looks like there are 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. It looks like there's 12 entries on this page. Cody, are you choosing today? Apparently so. Okay. James is nodding his head yes. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Cody. So that's yeah, fair. Yeah, he picked last time. And I can't pick because I can see what the entries are, so. Yeah, they that's cannot. Fair. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with number eight. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right. This is a very short one. So I will share a bonus one. I knew um, you would do that. This one is John. The entry is John McClingham. He was an actor uh, born in 1918, passed away in 1994, appeared on a, a appeared on TV in Shadow of Fear and the mystery of Edward Sims. I had never heard of either of those two. I've heard of the actor's name, but I uh, don't know much about him. So that's all that entry was. So like I said, it's a short one. I'm going to share a bonus one. Had Cody picked number 11, hmm. it would have applied to something that happened in Disney history today, kind of. The entry is Fred McMurray, uh, 1908 oh. to 1991, actor who appeared in The Shaggy Dog, which was released today. In 19, man, I, I had it up earlier, uh, 50-something, I think. Let me, uh, while I'm talking, I'll pull it up real quick. You guys, you, you, you guys don't mind waiting. No, not at all. Well, uh, 1959. So, uh, Shaggy Good Dog movie. starring Fred McMurray. Um, he was in The Absent-Minded Professor and The Son of Flubber. He was in Bon Voyage, Follow Me Boys, The Happiest Millionaire, uh, and Charlie and the Angel. And an interesting fact about Fred McMurray is he was the very first person to be named a Disney legend in 1987. Oh. Uh, not sure why they chose. I mean, not nothing against Fred McMurray, but you had so many people to choose from. And he was the first and he was the only one named that year. So interesting. Yeah, it was just Fred McMurray, 1987. Uh, and then the next, the following... Uh, bunch of announcements they named pretty much the walt 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 disney's nine old old men they were the next crew to go in so i was gonna say like you could have done nine old men yeah, you could have yeah. done some of the the wed guys yeah yeah exactly and 
I don't, I've never been able to find a reason why it was Fred. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it because he did a lot of cool Disney stuff, but, um, so there you go. That's our Disney A to Z with a bonus one. Cause we picked a very short entry. So, um, <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So there we go. Uh, that's all I got for to, it. Must be that? close to the end. Cause Cody's yawning. He is yawning. Yeah, he's, he's tired. <laughs> He's tired. He's a, he's an old married guy now. So yeah, he's, he's got yeah. responsibilities. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. No more sleeping in on the weekends and doing whatever you want, playing PlayStation five. Yeah, no, I'm going to work tomorrow for free. So. Oh, that sucks. Oh yeah. I love those kind of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are the best. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm losing money going into work tomorrow because I'm sponsoring breakfast on top of it. That's so. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. Well, before we get out of here, so Cody can go to bed, uh, we'll share some of our social media. If you, uh, want to check us out, uh, when the show is not on, when you're not listening to us, you can find us on Facebook at Talking Disney Podcast or on Twitter at Talking Disney, Instagram at Talking Disney Podcast. Our email address is TalkingDisneyPodcast at gmail.com and our website is www.TalkingDisneyPodcast.com where you'll always find the show before it is put out to your favorite streaming services such as Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. And just a quick note, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts and you would like to leave us a review, that would be awesome. Um, I know those help in uh, how uh, how shows are found. So um, leave, us a, leave us a review. Tell us what you like. Hopefully, if you don't like something, send me an email first and we'll, we'll try to fix it before you give us a really bad review. So, uh, but yeah, if you like the show and you want to help us out, post a review. And uh, if you're on one of the other streaming services and want to share your thoughts with us, you can always send us an email. Uh, and if you uh, allow us, we will share it on the, on a future episode. So um, that is all I got guys. Any last minute, James? Nope. I'm good. Cody. I'm good. All right. I thought he was asleep for a second, but he's good. No, I'm here. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to listen to us wherever you are in your house, in your car, at work, wherever you may be when you listen to us. We thank you very much. Thank and you. Thank you. Yes. Um, and um, that's all I got. So we will uh, talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Yeah, folks. And me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh. It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Now it's time to say goodnight to all our company. M-I-C-E. See you real soon. It's always Mickey Mouse. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. Welcome to episode 60 of the Talking Disney Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm here once again with my co-host, James and Cody. I'm going to start. 
all over. <laughs> Does anybody have something to say? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's all right. All right, take two. Okay. <clears throat> Those little clapper things. All right, here we go. There you go. <laughs> Oh, that just reminded me of Justin Timberlake right there. <laughs> oh.